Let's take a trip down memory lane and talk about the home buying process before technology kicked in. Now, I remember buying my first home, my wife and I buying our first home in the year 2000. And I want to explain the process to everybody. Now, there's so many steps involved with the process, I had to write them down. So the first thing that you had to do is you had to call the local office and they would track down a real estate agent for you to then set up a meeting to go to their office in person. So after you meet with them in person, you talk a little bit about the house that you wanted, they would pull out this book. And it was a book about that thick. And in that book, it had all of the houses that were listed for sale in a particular area. And you would flip through the book and you would check off the houses that you wanted to see. Once you establish the houses that you wanted to see, the agent would reach out to the home sellers, so then you could go inspect the property or go look at the property. Once you looked at the property and you decided you want to put an offer in on it, you had to come back to the office, you had to write up a manual contract, and then it had to be hand-delivered or it had to be faxed in person. There were fax machines. And the seller would have to sign off on it. It was an all-day process. So people would just primarily go on the weekends because you can't take a random Wednesday off to spend eight hours looking for a house. So that's how it used to be. Now fast forward over to the modern era and technology has made this process a heck of a lot more simple. And to help walk us through the process and talk about technology, we invited Ashley Coppola into the office today. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? Fantastic. So Ashley's an expert, speaks on tech over tri-state areas, so over three states, Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York, for one of the huge real estate franchises that you would be familiar with. So again, thanks for joining us, Ashley. Thanks for having me, Greg. Well, let's talk a little bit about you know, some of the things that you can do. So just some remedial stuff, like look online. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember getting licensed in 2006, and MLS was a thing, but as you mentioned, we were faxing our contracts over, and it was just... But now we've got e-signatures that'll make things a lot easier, so you get to sign contracts in the, at the ease of just being in your own home. We've got the MLS. Not only MLS, but all of the different online platforms, social media. There's so many things now with technology, chat GPT and AI, allowing you to get some of the most accurate information. It's just, it's crazy what everybody can do now with technology and real estate. And we were talking a little bit before the show, we're talking that 97% of people, that's where they begin their house search. Yeah, 97% of Americans go out and they will search for their first property or multiple properties online prior to ever looking at looking for an agent. Typically they're searching for about eight weeks and will probably check out nine homes and only, and five of them will stay online only. They may actually only go to see four in that beginning part of it. And that, those are some statistics that were on the National Association of Realtors, so that's where that came from. So those are national statistics. That's not towards anyone brokerage. But it's pretty incredible to think that majority of people, even before going to find a, a mortgage lender, a real estate broker that they're going to work with, they're checking everything out online first. It's helped the system so much so people can identify what it is that they're looking for. Now, and that's remedial, right? Like people yeah. know they, how to get online, they know how to like, review everything. I think some of the, the misses that are out there is how you can really leverage that technology to your advantage. So you can certainly go online and you can view everything. Oh, these pictures are great, it's pretty pictures of the houses, I wanna go see this. But you can do a lot of other things to look at different comparable homes that are in the area, get a gauge for what they're selling for, 
You can take a look at property taxes. You can compare them. Really figure out before you physically go look at a property, does it even fit into my budget? Mm -hmm. Are there any other things that you think people could be looking at online to try to make the process a little bit easier, Ashley? Well, I mean, you could, you know, while you're trying to figure out what the, you know, what your budget is, the online mortgage calculators are a great first place to start to figure out, like, this is how much money I make. This is, you know, what I would need for a down payment. So if you're really starting from the beginning, it's a great place to start. And then that you, you can kind of take that as your starting point before going out and looking for a lender. Obviously, using the websites, whether it's a brokerage website or one of the other big names, uh, like websites where you can go and search for properties. Um, I mean, those are probably the biggest tools that a, as a consumer that they can go out and, and, and use without the help of an agent. You bring up a, a great point with that, too. So if you know what a house is potentially going to sell for, mm -hmm. now you can back into everything, go to a mortgage calculator, mm -hmm. figure out what that payment looks like. Right. Also, you want to account for what the property taxes look like, potential homeowners insurance, mm -hmm. and then any homeowners association dues right. if they're applicable in that particular area. Yes. So you should be in your pajamas looking for a lot of this stuff. A hundred percent. Grab a cup of coffee, go sit on the porch and, you know, do some research on the area. Look up the school systems. You know, there are some, some brokerage websites will actually give a lot of that data to, like for you. I'll say like, you know, this is the school ratios. These are local restaurants and local things that will, you know, that are around. So you can kind of get a feel for the neighborhood prior to even having to get in your car and go search for what's over there. I mean, now, once you've identified all the properties, you could just do virtual tours. Right. So, I mean, there's agents that are doing Zoom walkthroughs with clients if they can't travel out for a specific weekend, but things are flying off, you know, out of, like flying out of the market real, so quickly that sometimes having your agent walk through and Zoom a tour with you, there's also like the virtual walkthroughs where they've kind of gone and had a camera there in advance. So you can kind of skip from room to room and get that walkthrough experience without, again, having to actually be there in person. And now it's eliminating some travel time, which makes it a little bit easier. Um, and you can see a lot more properties that way sometimes. And you can just narrow down your search. Mm -hmm. Because we've all seen a picture online. Well, if you've shopped for a house, you've seen a picture online, you went to the house and, and said to yourself, this isn't the same house. Yeah. What that, is this? That was going to be my next thing is, you know, narrow it down by what looks good like versus the pictures and the walkthroughs. But there's always going to be that need to physically go see something in person because sometimes they may not have the best photographer or whatever the case is. It's not portrayed the way it actually looks in person. And sometimes you need to see it to really see the vision of what that house could be. Good or bad. Oh, Because so you, you bring up a great point yeah. with that. Some of them, if the pictures aren't taken correctly, it may undervalue mm -hmm. what the property really looks right. like. Right. The other thing is a lot of agents right now are using virtual staging. So if you're not paying attention, you may think that a house looks a certain way and you didn't see the teeny tiny little disclaimer on the bottom of the picture that says it was virtually staged. So you want to make sure that you're realizing that. <laughs> Talk to the audience about what virtual staging is. So virtual staging is... A capability where there's software out there that can digitally enhance, change the wall colors, it can put furniture into a vacant house so that when you guys see the picture on a website or through the MLS that your agent has sent you, you know, pictures of the property, it actually looks like the home is being lived in. So it's virtually staged. They'll, they can put pictures up that are not really there. Um, and there are certain programs now that can even knock down walls and almost completely change the layout of an entire property 
um, that, you know, so it, it, can, it can vastly change what you think you're walking into when you buy something. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, can it be done if there's furniture already in the house? Can you change the wall colors and move walls and everything yeah, like that? Yeah, they can do everything. They can remove furniture and add stuff to it. Um, they can, I mean, one of the agents that I work with in my office, they actually took down a wall to open up a kitchen where when you went to see the house, there was this wall blocking the kitchen, like separating the kitchen and the dining room. But in the photos, she had that photo. And then here's a virtual rendition of what it could possibly be in, you know, if you took that wall down. So they should be, it'll be disclosed that yes. it's a, a rendering of what the house could be. Correct. But you bring up another great point with that. Just because a house sits the way it is today, in the past, you're trying to visualize everything mentally. I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure this out. All right, what does it look like with my furniture here? Right. What does it look like if I expand the dining room because I have to have everyone over on Sunday night for the Sunday gravy? Yep. What does it look like? <laughs> now you can really do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's even, uh, and it's not just the real estate agents that are using it. It is the interior designers. A lot of the times they're using some sort of technology that can virtually show you, and we've seen it on some of the, you know, the, the shows on HGTV and everywhere else, but they will, they'll, you know, they'll show a virtual rendering of what the home could actually look like prior to any of the work actually being done. That, that just opens your eyes to the possibilities of a house, you know, because anytime you're buying a home or going in, it is very difficult to visualize. Mm -hmm. What's this look like with different paint? What's it look like with different amenities to the property. Right. And if you can get that virtual snapshot, mm -hmm. you know what you can, you know what you're buying longer term. Absolutely. That's, that's pretty, that's amazing. It's really cool how far they've come with all of that. Now, how about virtual technology from a, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? You put the glasses on. Oh, like, like virtual VR. Reality. VR, just yeah, virtual, reality. virtual reality, VR, yeah. All right, hold on, it's a slow process with it, me. I'm just trying it's to understand all, Listen, this it's stuff. okay. So, so virtual <laughs> reality. So they're really starting to enhance that technology as mm -hmm. well, where in the future, you may not even have to step foot in the house. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, with all of the AI right now, and I mean, ChatGPT is rendering pictures now where, you know, a couple months ago, it was just doing words and, and you know, that kind of like, so to see that progression happen so quickly, the technology is there. So it wouldn't surprise me if in a few years we're doing virtual tours, again, putting some goggles on in our living room and virtually walking through some of these properties. And the quality that they can get is amazing. Like mm -hmm. you'll be able to see chip paint on the floor. You'll be able to see wear in the carpet. You'll be able to see everything yeah. without even ever stepping into the house, which is great for the consumer. Mm -hmm. And it's great for real estate agents. It's great for the industry because yeah. it doesn't waste time. Absolutely. It'll definitely kind of streamline certain processes. I mean, I think I said it earlier, like, you may go see properties online, but sometimes that human element is, you can't take that away. So I think it'll streamline being able to identify a lot of properties before really needing to get in touch with that agent or that, you know, the lender or whoever it is that I need to move my process along. Now shifting gears over to real estate agents and even mortgage people, mm -hmm. attorneys, other people in the process, I feel that an underused part is video interviewing. So it seems to me if I'm a consumer and I want to interview different real estate agents or different mortgage people, attorneys, you should be setting up a conference call using video conferencing. Yeah, I mean, listen, I remember sitting at my company's big conference in February of 2020, right before you know the whole world shut down and 
having Facebook there saying at that particular moment, if video, if you were, if we as agents weren't using video, we were already three years behind. And then COVID happened and it kind of propelled us into this virtual world where everybody's on Zoom, everybody's on these video conferencing. So if you're not taking advantage of that and setting up video conferencing to interact with real estate agents to, again, maybe narrow down the criteria of who it is that you want to work with before meeting in person, then you're just, you know, you never know. But I, I highly recommend getting, you know, and even on the agent standpoint, there's a lot of agents who are, they're like, well, I, I can't make it to this appointment and I don't want to do a virtual, you know, listing appointment with, a, you know, a potential client. But sometimes it could still be to your advantage. I mean, I see agents who are doing it at a high level, so it can be done. And so I think it works both ways. I don't think anybody should be afraid of that video conferencing, video tours, any of that. It's all about efficiency. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I were to rewind 20 years ago, in my example of home shopping, even looking for a mortgage back then, it just became a very physical process, interactive process. Mm -hmm. Someone would come to your house, potentially, yeah. or you had to go to their office. Mm -hmm. In today's day and age, there was a, there's a period in there where the telephone kind of depersonalized it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But with all the technology that we have going on today, you should be talking to everybody yeah. in virtual calls before you make a decision, mm -hmm. or to your point, until you narrow it down right. to a smaller group of people to talk to. Yeah. So with that, I just want to take a quick break, Ashley, mm -hmm. and we're going to come back and we're going to talk in a little more detail about technology and how you as the consumer can use that to your advantage. We'll be right back at you. All right, welcome back, everybody. You know what, Ashley, I was thinking another thing that's very important that people should be capitalizing on are live streams. Mm -hmm. Live stream with real estate agents, live stream in the mortgage industry, just live stream so you can gain information. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, listen, li I think live streaming has become such a huge part of our culture. I mean, I look at Facebook and Reels and how people are on stories and they're just live streaming from just about everywhere. So live stream with your friends and family as you're taking a tour through a house to be like, hey guys, what do you think of where we are? Um, I, I think live streaming is great. You know, when I look at it from like a training and education standpoint, mm -hmm. So in the old days, if you wanted to really learn something, you got to pick it out of a book. You can even look at it online mm -hmm. or you go to some type of a seminar. Yeah. And the challenge with a seminar type format is you can get really good information, but you really don't start to think about what your questions are or maybe until after you leave. Mm -hmm. And when you're dealing with reoccurring live streams with, with real estate agents, mortgage people and so forth, you can do that. You have the time to digest some information, and then there's always a Q&A se session mm -hmm. yep. that you can capitalize on. So you can really learn and you can really educate yourself on what's going on. Yeah, and sometimes with those live streams, when you have multiple people that are there asking different questions, sometimes they'll ask a question you didn't think of, and you're like, oh my gosh, like I wish I would have thought of that. But now you have an answer to a question you didn't even know you had until somebody else asked it for you. You bring up a great point with that because when you're doing your research online, what I've learned about online is it can give you some good textbook mm -hmm. information, but what it rarely gives you is practical implementation. Mm -hmm. it, it, so you take the information, well, you don't even know what to do with it. You right. don't even know what questions to ask yeah. or how your thought process could be progressing without human interaction. Right. And everybody's process always looks a little different. So you can never really say, oh, this is, everything's going to go exactly like this because, 
you never know when that wrench is going to get thrown in. And sometimes you need to have speak to multiple people and kind of get what their experience was and kind of then use that to also kind of take it from there to help digest some of the information that you got offline. That's a great point. I would suggest when you're doing your house search, mm -hmm. you should hop into a live stream relatively early in the process mm -hmm. because now you have the opportunity to, to take the initial information in every week or month or however frequently it's being done, it's new information. Yeah. It's market information. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like everything is changing so quickly in our industry, you know, Mortgage rates change every single day. The prices of homes are going up and down every single day. New inventory is hitting the market every single day. So everything is constantly changing. And the other thing is don't pay attention to the things that are changing on a national level when, you know, really pay attention to what's happening in the market that either you live in or you want to move to because it may be very different than some of the mainstream housing market things that are happening. So it's also really important when you're taking that information to get it on a hyper-local level. That's another great point, Ashley, because when you're reading stuff online, generic stuff, mm -hmm. it's usually at the national level. Right. Maybe even the state level, mm -hmm. but as we all know, different states have different sections where there's different markets, there's different demand, there's different supply, yeah. there's different everything. Well, you look at, you know, uh, being down by the Jersey Shore, the market closer to the beach is very different than when you go into central Jersey or north Jersey. So you have to take those things into consideration when you are grabbing information off the internet. Please hop on a live stream so you can get real answers to the questions that you have. Mm -hmm. And to Ashley's point that you can be hyper focused on the individual market that you're going yes. after. That's great stuff. So let's talk about smart devices for property management. Okay. So now I'm an investor who's purchasing properties, there's all sorts of technology that you can use to be able to manage that property more efficiently without having to show up at the door all the time. Yeah. You know, a couple that, that I had noticed, you have the smart doorbells and smart locks. Oh, the smart locks are crazy. Like, it's, it's wild, but you know, people, even with Airbnbs and things like that, where they're just like, oh yeah, you know, there's a, you know, we don't need a key, just a keypad or whatever the case is. And to think like, we never would have thought of that years ago. That was crazy to us. People wouldn't even have necessarily been comfortable with it yeah. years ago. Mm -hmm. And now that we start weeding out all the old dinosaurs like myself, <laughs> you know, people are comfortable with it. Hit a button, I'll unlock the door for you. Well, and that's the, and that's the other thing. So for the real estate agents and, the, and the, the lenders and everybody who may be in this industry that are watching or listening, if you think of the generations and how dependent they are on social media and technology, if you're not embracing it in your business now, you're going to be so behind because Gen Z is there, you know, you have to think of who your market is. And that's how you need to determine the tools that you need to use. You know, and that's a nugget for any type of profession that yes, you're in. No matter any what industry. you do, you have to be it. I want to talk a little bit or backtrack a little, maybe piggybacking off this conversation a little mm -hmm. bit about the technology revolution. What's happened in our world? is those economic revolutions, industrial revolutions, they went from spanning 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years before something changed. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changing in five. Yeah. Five years are mm -hmm. changing. You could argue 10 years. You could argue two years. I mean, I, like, I, like I said before, I, when you think of the AI and ChatGPT, six months ago it was one thing, and already six months later it's something totally different on a totally different level. So I think... The internet and technology 
is taking what you were saying, the things that used to take 20, 30, 100 years to before something changed, it's kind of putting us on this like fast track into what's coming next. And you got to stay ahead of it. Yes. No matter what you do, you have to stay ahead of yeah. it. Shopping, you have to stay ahead of it. Mm -hmm. You do. Shopping for a home, you got to stay ahead of it. You know, yeah. Things are going to change and make sure you're just leveraging this technology to the best of your ability. Absolutely. Kind of shifting gears back over to smart devices. Mm -hmm. I mean, an owner, a landlord can monitor their security risks without ever coming to the property. Mm -hmm. They have the, the drop cameras and all these different things that help you monitor everything. Smart thermostats. Yeah. Not, go ahead. The smart house. I mean, we, we look at Alexa and Google Home and the way that we can turn lights on and off and kind of go green. Like that is, that's been such a huge revolution. So yes, landlords, tenants, everybody can manage all of those things in the palm of their hand now. The smartphone has become another limb. And speaking about having it all in the palm of your hand, mm -hmm. Let's talk about property searching and being yeah. able to compare properties. Do you feel it's so it's best to have some sort of app to be able to do that? I think an app, well, majority of people are on their phone consistently. In fact, going back to that article that I was talking about earlier from NAR, where I was, gave some statistics, I think it was 76% of millennials did most of their searching on their phone, on a mobile device. So when you think, again, so the millennials, I th what's the average, uh, of a, average age of a home buyer now, I think, is what, 32? It's, it's actually went up, actually. It's again? 38 right now. Now it's 38. And jumped pretty aggressively over the course of the past few years. It was 28, right before, a couple years ago. and now 32, and yeah, now it's jumped now it's forward. jumped again. And unfortunately, people have been priced out of the market yeah. and so forth. But that 38 is the, like, the higher end of millennials. So if you think those are your first-time home buyers now, and they're on a mobile device, and the majority of their searches are being done on their phone, the Gen Z and below who are going to be the people buying houses five, ten years from now are going to be even more tech savvy and de like dependent on that phone. So I definitely think that using an app is very helpful. A lot of the apps give a lot of great information. I know before I said some of the brokerages will have things like Yelp built in so you can see reviews of the local restaurants, you can see school ratings, you can compare to anywhere. You can, you can favorite houses, you can send those favorites to you know, your partner or your mom who's helping you buy the house. You, you know, there's so many things that you can do and I think being able to do it in the palm of your hand anywhere on the go, sitting on the train, commuting to work. You can be searching for a house. And it's smart enough to, to give you pop-ups of something that you're looking for. When you look at something on your phone, you can put in even search criteria, mm -hmm. and now something new hits the market, boom, it's hitting you in the phone, it's coming up on the app, take a, take a crack at it. Every 30 minutes. It, like, so, like Some of the MLSs can give those notifications for when a, a, a listing hits your criteria. If it's 12.15 in the afternoon that this property gets listed by an agent from any brokerage, by 12.30 you'll have a notification that this new property hit the market. It's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy to think that before you had to call an agent, have them pick out this book. It's crazy. Well, it's, no, Lou, listing hits the market. By the time it hits, you're like, I wonder if it's in the book yet. Yeah, right? <laughs> I saw a first sale sign in my neighbor's house. I wonder if it's the book yet so I can go look at it. Now yeah. you know virtually instantaneously mm -hmm. what you can go look for. And now, and, and even to go beyond that, you know, for sale by owners are able to post their properties online also. So not only you're getting what's in the MLS, 
but in certain cases you also get access to other properties that you may not even have been able to. And I even think of people looking for rentals. You know, sometimes management companies don't work with a real estate agent and they just put it on, you know, like an apartments.com or something like that. But there's so like there's apps for everything and there's ways to find what it is that you are looking for somewhere out there for sure. And you're the person to talk to. Yeah. You are. You know everything about it. <laughs> Not you everything. Do. You know a lot. I about know a it. lot. Not everything. <laughs> you know, one of the other things I like, and that you need to leverage to your advantage with using these technological tools, or you need to you need to appreciate the transparency mm -hmm. with things. So, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, you know what the house in that area is selling for. You get yeah. this information to your point almost in real time. You mm -hmm. can get it. Yeah. So you know now when you're going in, you're potentially looking to put an offer on the property. You have a really good indication as to what that value would be if it's a comparable home mm -hmm. as a consumer. And then you can also go in, you can look and say, hey, here's the tax history over the course of time. This is what we see them going up by. And you can really budget for it. And most importantly, make the best informed decision for yourself mm -hmm. or those that are involved in that transaction. Absolutely. So, and we're only going to see more over the course of time with everything. Uh, to your point about getting something, again, in 15, 30 minutes on your phone, mm -hmm. that's AI really doing its job. Yeah. And AI gets to be a little bit of a scary thing, but that's AI doing its job at a high level. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, to think of some of the things that, I, that AI can do, it is a little scary, but at the same time, it's incredible to think, you know, Years ago, people were, you know, thinking of like the Jetsons and all of a sudden here we are and we're, things are just, it's crazy. We're 3D printing things, you know, so. So I want to talk a little bit about the human element mm -hmm. of real estate because we know that we can use technology to our advantage. And if you're not, you should use it more to your advantage with the different things we've been outline, yep. outlining. But I feel that technology really helps you drill down to potential solutions for you, but it's a human being that really gets everything across the finish line. Yeah, I mean, the computer is not gonna be able to negotiate on your behalf for your best interest, you know, so I, I think you're always gonna need that human element in it. And even as you progress across, you know, not like beyond just finding a home and putting an offer in, there's a lot that goes into keeping a deal together after the fact. So I think there's, there's, there's always going to be that need for that, for that human element. I think of some iBuyer programs that we clearly know have failed in the past because there was no human element. They were trying to completely take the real estate agent out of the transaction, and it didn't work. It never does. The estimates for you know, what the home was worth were way off. So I think, I think having that expert that ex, you know, that local real estate agent, that local lender, the local attorney, and not going to some of these national, even some of these national places where they're going to send you somebody who's in, you know, California when you're trying to buy a home in New Jersey and they don't know the nuances or the local market. I think you really need to find that partner who's local to you who can help you through that process. Plus the emotional element of it. Yeah. I got news for people. If you didn't know this, computers don't care. Mm -mm. Your cell phone doesn't care how you feel. And purchasing a home, selling a home, it can just, having been through it, it's yeah. just an emotional process. And as human beings, we need to talk through things. Yeah. I mean, 
this, you know, the, your home is arguably the most valuable thing you are ever going to purchase. So to leave that in the hands of a computer is crazy to me. You do need to be able to bounce ideas off of some, like, you know, off of somebody and at, be able to ask questions and get real answers from a person and not a, you know, automated generated something that, you know, so I think, I think, again, finding that person that can walk you through it, somebody you're comfortable with, and I think that's coming back to what we spoke about before, Greg, I think it's important to interview agents, interview lenders, and find somebody that you feel comfortable with that you can ask questions to and that you know is, is knowledgeable and can give you answers back. I couldn't agree with you more. And when you look at tech, tech gives you information. Mm -hmm. Humans get things done. 100%. And that's one of those things. I think we're going to be 50 years from now with super advanced technology, but it's always going to be humans getting things done. Agreed. So, Ashley, you're a consumer today. You're looking for a property, your first property. What type of advice would you give them? Where should I start? I mean, I would definitely start with finding an, like, an online mortgage calculator to figure out what my budget is because I can search for all the homes in the world on all of the websites or apps, but if I don't know what my budget is and what I can spend and how much money I have for a down payment or I'm going to need, then it's almost going to be pointless. So that would be my starting point. Then it would be to find, to go online, search for the criteria, you know, figure out what it is that I'm looking for. What are my absolutely needs like I can't live without that basement or I have to have a pool like what are your non-negotiables and then figure out what are the things that maybe I would like my you know the things that I would like to have and your that's how list. you yeah my wish list and that's how I start searching for properties because unless you are custom building a home you're probably not going to find every single thing in a house there's always going to be something you're going to have to compromise in so figure out what are your must-haves and what are the I would like to haves and then start your process there. Find an app, find or possibly go search, you know, start search, you know, your real estate agent interviews and find somebody who you're comfortable with that you can have those conversations with. Sometimes they'll have a mobile app from their brokerage that will give you instant access to them and other listings nationally and everything like that. So I would start, start with the mortgage calculator, figure out what I can spend, start searching for properties online, research the real estate agents, see, you know, and, it, and for the record, it doesn't always have to be the person who did the most sales. It could just be somebody who is that local expert who really just knows the area that you are searching for because, you know, so it, it really just depends. And but someone that you're comfortable with. That's what it comes down to. But sometimes you got to match the personality type right. that works best for you. Correct. As real estate agents, as mortgage, we are in the people business. I know the tasks that we do have to do with selling a home, but in reality, we're in a relationship business, relationship with each other as vendors, relationship with other agents, relationship with our clients, our, our friends, our, like our family to get business and referrals. So you need to find somebody who... Even if they go and they show you 50 houses and you lose them because of multiple offer situations and everything that's going on with the real estate market today, that that person is going to be there to support you and help you through that process. And even though you're losing houses, they're still making it a great experience for you and they're knowledgeable and they're trying to help you the best that they can. I appreciate your insight on all of it, Ashley. And thank you so much for spending the time with oh, us. Oh, of course. Today. Thank you so I much for having me. I know you're busy running the tri-state area. <laughs> thank you for taking the time. 
And I want to thank all of you for watching today. I hope you get some really good information out of this. The big ones being how do you use technology to your advantage? And not just a home search, you know, how do I really break things down to understand what my budget is, the pros and cons of individual houses, looking at tax history, and all those things that go into it. That you also can leverage things like virtual technology. So you can get a gauge for how this house may look after you move in when you make the adjustments to the property or the improvements to the property. And then also the techno technology is fantastic, but at the end of the day, technology does not replace the human element. Humans get things done. We appreciate you all for joining us. Look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks guys. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham, produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift, and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to catching up with you next week.